Also the name of the song. In 1995. So we moved to the 90s at least for our love songs as we approach Valentine's Day. Where is the, where's the cap? What's the newest song? I haven't picked them all yet. Oh, okay. Well, so uh, we'll, week know, by we'll week. know soon. Yeah, I just go by songs that move me. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. Uh, Taylor. Yes, Did you have a good week? So far? Oh, since we recorded. Yeah. Um... Actually, n- no. You didn't. No. You know, it was fun for listeners that won't know. You like, <laughs> you just set up with some vigor. Like, oh, you, let me tell you. No, Actually, it's been bad. no, it was. Bad. Now that I, I think about it, it was horrible. Well, tell me, Taylor, it's what was so bad. bad about it? Well, my dog got a um, bladder infection, so we had Aww. a surprise visit to the vet. Does that mean like a bladder infection for human? Like same kind of deal? Um. Yeah. How can you tell? It smells bad, or they pee blood, or what? Uh, it didn't smell bad. Mostly I took her to the vet. Um, shout out to Hewitt Veterinary Clinic, or hospital. And, um, and they told me. (laughs) They did like a urinalysis. Okay, but how did you know there's something wrong, I guess? Oh, yeah, we came home and she had, um, I've had Ruthie since she was a puppy. Uh And she like never has an accident. She... Okay. Always goes outside. It's like so something crazy something. would have had to happen. Like we thought we'd be home and it was like 16 hours or something like that, which does yeah. not happen. And she, so she was home for so long that she, and she just always looks so sad. Mm. And then we came home after church on Sunday Okay. and she had peed like five or six times. Oh goodness. Yeah. So we knew, knew something was wrong. Yeah. You knew. So well, prayers for Ruthie. Yes. And then also, um, uh, I, I had some plumbing issues that we okay. got fixed, but they revealed deeper plumbing issues. So that's not my favorite situation. Well, you know what? Both of your things could serve as prompts for a sponsor. A sponsor? Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Yes, we okay. definitely will. Um, so, um, but it wasn't like yesterday was really fun. Good. Yeah, we had staff. Development, fun day. wink, wink, fun day yesterday. Yes, yeah. Development. Part of our development is enjoying being together and learning how to do that. Yeah. Intentional ways. Yeah. it was. I thought it was fun to be with everybody yesterday. Yeah, I had fun. I sort of let my hair down in those moments and I'm silly. Yeah. Some people like it. Some people get annoyed. I think. Guess what I say to the annoyed people? What? I don't care. Good. As you should. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. I think that um, we have such an introverted staff overall uh, well let me think we have at least like three extreme introverts right now um and there's you me and kieran yeah you me and kieran we're the counter strikes yeah and and if you if know you throw Risa Risa had in there, been there yeah. yeah come on she's maybe the most extroverted out of all of us yeah you think so yes 
Yeah. Um, but she wasn't there. She wasn't there. Sad. And sad. Yeah, very sad. Truly, the saddest. And um, and we have sort of strong introverted presences, though. Yeah. You know? so okay, so I'm counting Jamie, Tof- Jamie, or Jamie Tofe and Daniel. Maddie? Oh, Daniel. Yeah, that is. But he doesn't. I don't feel like he gets annoyed by things like that. But no, both and Jamie I don't honestly think that either Topher or Jamie do. Is annoyed. No, or at I least they know so. to give me permission on that day. Yes, yeah. Um, I do think Kieran sometimes is like, wait, are we really not going to be embarrassed by this guy? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, some of that has to be cultural. And yeah, some of British that. stuff. I think he likes giving people a hard time. Do Kieran? you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's like a fun thing for him. Yeah. I feel like a lot of sevens are that way. Yeah, those seven. Oh, Ooh, that sounded more than just like a backfire in my car. Yeah. So much so, listener, that I'm going to pause this and go look out the window. Yes, yeah. Listener, we're back in good news. We couldn't find it. We couldn't see an accident, at least. Yeah, so hopefully everybody's good. Yeah, my has just been a ferocious backfire of yeah, the car yeah. engines. Big car. Josh, Ooh. how was your week last week? Uh, Not bad. Yeah? I feel like I'm in a season where I just go from week to week. Yeah. Like I'm busy. Neither enjoyable or disenjoyable. I feel I feel very similarly most weeks I just go from week to week and it's all fine. Yeah. But then last week was Maybe that's it. Maybe those are just fine weeks and I should be grateful for fine weeks. Yeah. So been doing a lot of new sermon writing lately. Love the series. That. Yeah, well it's takes more time. Yeah. Um so I got I haven't even started this week yet. Oh, okay. Generous orthodoxy. Oh. Interesting for you. I feel like you really like to get started. Oh, I do. I like to be on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh uh, is truly the only person I know who is done with his sermons by Thursday every week. Uh, yeah, sometimes Wednesday. Yeah, last two weeks I was done Wednesday. I mean, you're the some of that is like Explain. my friends who are senior pastors, right? Are mm-hmm. um, newer to the position. I think getting to do it for 15 years really helps. Yeah. So, Taylor. Yeah. Um, I listened to the podcast last week. Yeah. And I was paying a lot of attention to our conversation about Texas. Yeah. And I was able to hear something listening that I wasn't able to hear in our conversation. What was it? Well, as is often the case, I think we were talking about slightly different things. I think you were talking about... Well, we had... Just there's something to love about Texas, which I came around to. Sure. But I was like, I was trying to pin something on Texas, which is to say Texas politicians of a particular stripe. Sure. And I think you were equating that with like, hey, there's just some really good people in Texas, though. Don't blame them. Yes. That's what I would like to say to everyone. Yeah. Okay. But I think we entered into a well, we entered into a conversation about regionalism. Regionalism. Yeah. And then it turned into a conversation about Texas. Well, Texas is a very much a region, region? in the country and sure. a unique one because it's not south. Right. And it's and, not Oklahoma. And southern folks will and tell you that. And it is not New Mexico. Yeah. Well, it's sort of a bit of everything, right? Yeah. I mean, you do have Southwest. Yeah. In the West. Yeah. You do have. Some of that oaky feel up in the north. Yeah. And I do think the Texas Hill Country is like a particular place that is not. Yeah. I don't know. Like um, there are special places around the country. They are kind of sort of standalone in their geographic location. And I think the Texas Hill Country is kind of like that. You know what's interesting to me is um, how dominant the image of cowboy is in Texas. Like from the outsider. Yeah. When really... I mean, you have the stockyards in Fort Worth and the Dallas Cowboys, which is probably a lot to do with the branding. 
Yeah, and I think the western part of the state. Certainly, but it's very unpopulated and it's very right. sparse compared Absolutely. to the 35 corridor with... Yes, it's... Yeah. You know, Houston... I don't know if either. in a former life, you know what I mean? Like, like as the country was being founded, mm-hmm. maybe there was more cowboyness, but... Yeah. Well, is, the, and the Wild West did have a big imprint on... Excuse me. Um, on... American imagination. Yeah. But like, sure. I mean, Texas is much more really it's it's basically I-35. If you take San Antonio, you mean like the Waco, really populated regions Temple, of Texas. DFW, Austin, and then you add Houston, that's got to be 70% of the state. I do think so. Or more. I do think so. I think maybe the parts of the state that were sort of cowboyish are even more southern than the 30 like mm-hmm. or more southern on the 35 corridor like yeah san antonio definitely i think down into like the valley yeah. they, there's still a lot of ranching down there and stuff yeah. like that but i don't yeah i think you're right that the cowboy myth is like overrepresented in sort of how people think about texas like when i came down here uh-huh. i was fully prepared to say howdy to everybody sure and thought there'd be tumbleweeds and I thought there was really in like a, in Waco that was your I, like yeah I guess I didn't know and I thought everybody yeah. have cowboy hat on and yeah might see some horses I mean it's not unfair right exactly I think if you go down Highway Six to College Station like yeah that's sort of a culture mm-hmm. um, thing so yeah but it is interesting to think about yeah and there are the hints of those those the the flavors of those cultural identities are still around right but they're kind of stylized now yes not as stylized as like nashville i would say no do you know what i mean no so i think that's very interesting to think about also i think one of my favorite parts of like even living around here is sort of the like germanic influence mm. um Check. yeah and uh all of that which i think some of it is more heavily felt down in like Austin. Yeah. Um, but certainly right, you've got like the check stop and West Texas. Yeah, West Texas. So Taylor. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I just wanted to let you know that there's great people in Texas. Thank you, yes. Um You live here now, so I do. I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeehaw. <laughs> uh Taylor. What? So I'm now in a similar situation that you are last week. What what was the situation? Was I am mourning the loss of my football game. Oh yes, I know. I'm sorry. And here's what I'll say um, for Packer fans. Okay. I think it's not just that we lost that game. Mm-hmm. We know it's the end of an era. Yeah, that's a bummer. Rogers gonna leave, and I unless they think put the that's fran- fine. Well, I know how we we don't. We agree yeah, on this. we definitely disagree though. I would rather win than um, have a, a quarterback. Oh, speaking of which, though. Yeah. Today, Taylor Terragrosa told me, watch the newest as he's, what do you say his last name? Ansari? Yeah. Stand up on Netflix. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And he talks about Aaron Rodgers and the whole thing. And, um, what whole vaccines thing? Vaccines and everything. Yeah. But he has this thing where he's like, look, and this is why she told me to watch it, I'm sure. Sure. He like, he goes after him. He's like, but look, like the reason people are like that is because he, we're in like, we're all in an algorithm. Right? Sure. And then he's like, and it's not working. We're just yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, it's like a stand-up comedy with moral lessons. I think, um, 
I think I have moved into a season of like having more grace for people because of that specific thing. But I think when you are a societal and cultural like leader, mm-hmm. you have uh, a responsibility to people. And I know that maybe not everyone feels that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would also say he thinks he's being responsible. He called into question like the validity of the election results last week. So Rogers did? Yes. I'm looking this up. Keep going. Sorry. So, yeah. So I just think like, but also I feel like when you are, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's more complicated with celebrities because I might be making some assumptions that I really shouldn't be making. Do you um, think you're feeling this more gracious capacity, though, because you can feel a little easier about the political situation? No, it definitely came after that. Yeah, but like you've been able to have your hair down for a year now. Uh, no, I just think it's my experience. Okay. Um, and, like, you know, when I really think about it, a lot of my... Um, beliefs right i think i had to come to um you know sort of wrestle with the things i think because and just sort of evaluate like what does it mean like how am i how am i loving people even people i disagree with do you know what i mean yeah and i think that um and I think, I don't know if it's like I just got tired of like being so mad or like it just is like eventually you get worn down. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of it, you know, I think we had a few conversations before um, before Christmas, whereas like it just felt like I just didn't care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And I think some of that is like, I don't know. I think there are seasons for being angry. And I think I get to be mad when I'm mad. Do you know what I mean? But I think maybe there are also seasons for listening and just trying to, I mean, I think you're always trying to do your best. But I think it's, well, it's certainly not um, manageable. To just be that mad all the time, I don't think. Not for me. I guess maybe I should only speak yeah. for myself. Okay. Um, but it's also, you know, like I think I have to continually be asking the question, like, what does it mean to believe that, like, each person carries the image of God? Mm-hmm. What does it mean that all those people, like, think that? And how do I reckon with that? And Sure. Not that that makes me think they're correct, but, like, what does it mean to love them, you know? Yeah. I appreciate you being willing to do that work. Well, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. uh, Well, uh, can I go back to my Aaron Rodgers point? Of course. So, um, here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. Sure. And you know how I preach a sermon? This is a twofold thing. Okay. Number one, I talked about him in the Ayn Rand book reference in the Manning interview in a sermon a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's come out. I read an interview. He said, oh, yeah, like I did that because I knew it would piss people off. 
He's like, I've never read Ayn Rand. I even know, he's like, I just knew the book would make people mad, so I did it. Okay. So there's the contrarian piece. Sure, which but, I get. I, I am also a contrarian. I but think. then there's also the like, well, people did exactly what he said they would do, which is get up in arms because he cited liking a book that was controversial. Sure. To me, that's not a person responsibly stewarding a platform. No, I'm not trying to say it is. I'm just saying I also got suckered by it. But oh. then, guess what? That what? same article, mm-hmm. later in that same article, not not completely incidentally, talked about his religious beliefs and cited the Danica Patrick podcast from a year and a half before, which I also cited in my sermon illustration, oh. which is, again, further proof that this is all a simulation. <laughs> None of this is real. I first Were they did it. dating? Yeah. I, I know we've talked about that. Yeah, they were dating. When he was on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. First, I do this. Uh-huh. And now they're not even hiding anymore. They're just using my sermons to, co- yeah. to repopulate news they're articles. They're listening to the podcast three weeks later. And the sermon and coming back in. It's all simulation. It is. It is. So, I'm sorry you're not real. <laughs> hey. No. You, no, we did the poll. Yeah, I was more. Who was more likely a simulation? A simulation? Oh, yeah. I, I think I you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Hey, are you on the Wordle? I am. Oh, gosh. I love it. I haven't done it today. Well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. But if you want some hints, I'll give them to you. Okay. I'm Yesterday, good. Jamie got mad at me because I tweeted a incidental hint. I know. Actually, I never got that. Oh, you never got it right? No. Well, I stopped trying at some point. Yeah, you gave up. Yeah. You were, we were distracted. We were having fun. We were doing other things. We yeah. were having so much fun, you didn't have time for fun on Wordle. What? Exactly. What was it? The answer I mean, was null. K-N-O-L-L. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And my tweet at the beginning of the day was, hey, um, you know, thank, or the, today's Wordle was brought to you by the Kennedy assassination. Oh, yeah. And the then, uh, in Jamie's defense, Sean Delicardo tagged me last night. And he retweeted a Sarah Bessie post, which was, thank gosh for this uh, this unspoken contractual agreement to let us all enjoy Wordle for the day. And he tagged me and said, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, whatever. So I got him back with a couple of zingers. <laughs> a couple of Here, zingers. Here's the thing. If you don't have your Wordle done by 7.43 a.m., that's on you. I would still be asleep. Yeah, well, do Wordle before you get on Twitter. That's my word of advice. Okay, that one that seems reasonable. Wordle of advice. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, the Wordle, um, the Wordle of God references, <laughs> are just been too much. I am yeah. part of that problem. I don't think I'm a. I don't think I'm as into Christian Twitter as you are. I don't intend to be into it, but no, I, I think it's just like a anal. Uh, or well, what? I follow Tyler Conway. Oh yeah, and he fills up half my tweets. And he's kind of Christian Twitter famous. Oh right? uh, yeah, he was in some Christian. Like thousands Twitter thing. of people. Uh, yeah, a few thousand people. Yeah. So more than me, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Taylor. Well, he's been doing it a long time, I think. And, like, doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, really working at it. I'm, I've, I, my forewing is too strong. I'm too curated still. Yeah. Uh, I, a great thing has come out of this podcast. What? A listener. Wait, this podcast? Yeah. Like ours? Yeah. A listener okay. has contacted me about my passion for Downton, and we're texting every day now. About Downton? Yeah. I love that. Do you want to guess who it is? Aaron Alvin Hill. No. Um, They've self-confessed watched it five to six times, the whole series. My gosh. Um, are they a UBC person? Former. Okay. Pastoral associate. Marshall. Nope. 
Val. Val. Okay. Val loves it. Yes. It's great. She's a great. She goes to bed earlier because she's in uh, Eastern time. Virginia. So yeah. I I text oh. her at like eleven, and then she responds at five a.m. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Val, I feel like is a good content. Yeah. Friend, do you Val, know what I mean? Like, thank you for being my Downton content. She friend. loves to like talk about the things she loves. Yeah. And so she's really fun. Speaking of like media, mm-hmm. I finished Yellow Jackets last night. You watched the whole thing yesterday? No, no. I already st- we started it on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's one of my talking points. So let's get there. Oh, great. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. There are certain times of the year. Where your viewing options all of a sudden become flooded with richness. Yes. And I, I'm in the middle of one of those moments. You are? Yeah, because I've got, what, four seasons of Downton left? Oh, really? Yeah, because I just finished season two, or I'm about to. Not oh. even finished yet. Then this Yellow Jackets, which I've been sold on. Yeah. Then Gilded Age, which right. is an America version of Downton. Obviously written for on you. On HBO. Yeah. More simulation evidence. Yes. Then I just saw right. today, season four of Ozark is out. Oh. And it looks dynamite. That's amazing. So I've got, what, I've got hours of television ahead of me squared away. That's good. Yeah, that's a great feeling. I already got my season of Yellowstone in, too, so that was nice. Oh, yeah. Hey, I've never watched Yellowstone. Yeah, I don't recommend it. I Oh, okay. Not because it's bad. I just don't recommend TV. Oh, I is it, it? Do you like it? What is it really about? Uh, my t- one-sentence pitch is the mafia in the West. Oh, um, which there's no mafia at all, but like that's how it operates. Right. Like a family who right. is always at war with everybody. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Love it so much. Is it beautiful to watch? I can't tell if it's. Well, yeah. I mean, the if you had no sound and just watched the landscape. Right. Yeah. Sure. OK. Um, it's certainly a Kevin Costner piece. Right. Mm. Um, I love Kevin Costner. I love Montana. Mm-hmm. I think it's good drama. It's in my top five okay. shows right now. Okay. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets is really good. I think it's very pretty to watch. It's very... Um, it's not... It's pretty violent, I guess. I, I can say. live with violence. Okay. But not... I actually really don't like violence. And I was never, like, bothered by anything. Just, like... I mean, you know, the premise of the show is, like, that they are in a car, uh, plane crash. And so hmm. that's like a pretty violent moment. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really, really good. Okay. Well, that's on my list. Uh, here's what sold me on it. Uh-huh. Kieran yesterday compared it to Lost. Well, yeah. I mean, they're in a plane crash. Yeah, but not just that. Like conspiracies and all yeah. that stuff. Like that, that really gets me going. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So many. So... I'm excited for that. It's been a long time since I had a good. It's also kind of scary. I don't really like scary things, but I liked this. Yeah. There are moments of like, I mean, tension, more than anything else, you know. Well, Taylor, guess what? What? Yesterday when we were on staff fun day. Yeah. Guess what I lost? <gasps> what? My AirPods. Oh right, yes. And then I thought I had them because Lindsay, like, you can track them on your iPhone. Yeah. And so last oh, night I checked, and they said they were here at church. Okay. Yeah. So I came up and I was like, you can click apparently on them to make them ding or something. Yeah. So I did that and it's like log in. I'm like, well, that's weird. When I logged in, they disappeared. So I think either they showed up here like as the last check-in. Yeah. Or um, 
they were on the parking lot and somebody stole them and turned them off. And here's my question. So they're Apple. Yeah. But they're uh, accessory. They're not like a device. So right. can people just kind of like reset them and then hook them up to their phone and all of a sudden they're not my things anymore? I don't know. Um, I don't have any. I'm not fancy enough to have. Any Apple products? I mean, all my, I mean, this is my MacBook and this is my iPhone, but I don't have any Apple accessories, I suppose. Okay. Kathleen has them, though. You could maybe ask her. I'm just not looking forward to having to buy them again. I know. So. Um, the Did you have, like, the normal kind or the pro or whatever? No, mine were the entry-level stuff. Normal Which, kind. that's good for me. Yeah. Kathleen says the pro ones are more comfortable. I don't she worry made, about comfort. She made a big sell to my mom about, like... But I use them all the time. All yeah, the time. You do use them all the time. So I'm a little bummed. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. I called the movie theater. They said they'll call me if they find them. I don't know if anybody even looked. Oh, if they fell out of your pocket, maybe. Yeah. So, hey, um, that happened to me. I just want you to know. That sucks. Uh, I had a good conversation with Maddie. God rest her soul. She's not dying. <laughs> I know, but Maddie, our pastor she associate, is leaving. Is leaving. Us. Yeah, that's a bummer. And so I, I was grilling her as I do to people when they leave. Uh-huh. And the podcast came up and I this found out podcast? Yeah. Oh. I found out she doesn't really listen. That is unsurprising to me. But I may she made a point that I think might be true. Mm-hmm. She says she thinks that the majority of our listeners are folks who are part of the community who have moved away. And I thought that could be true. Yeah. I I don't know, but yeah. Cause I've been wondering, because we don't really have a way to know, right? Well, I try to use Apple to track statistics, but then I found ways to say, wait, that can't be right. So oh. I don't know what is. Because I feel like. Um, there's I mean, ways to find that out. but I feel like I think Kathy too. always listens to us. I know Kathy and Aaron listen. Kathy and Aaron. And Marshall. Yeah. And Val. Yeah. And uh, she did say. Andrew. What? Andrew Simone Shafee. Oh, yeah. Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. She did say that um, Kat. McClellan texts her a lot about the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think some people don't. Um, so thank you for those of but you. But some people, I think there are people in general who don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, but Maddie should listen to us. Okay. I'm going to be for I don't think everyone on staff listens to the podcast. Oh, I don't think anybody on staff listens to the podcast. So why do you think Maddie should? Um... Maybe because I just knew that nobody else would, but I maybe thought she might. Because she's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, but Reese is nice. She doesn't listen to the That's podcast. true. Maybe she will. Maybe she will later. Yeah, maybe she doesn't see us all the time. Yeah. Well, thanks for giving me some demographic data in our listenership, Maddie. Um, yeah. I have one other thing. Okay. So I, I gave you a chance to prep on this. A little bit, yeah. As we are having conversations and wondering together out loud. Yeah. About the. Um, future of sports and transgender athletes. Yeah. I pointed you to the story of Leah Thomas. Yeah. Leah, for the first three years of her career, mm-hmm. was on the male swim swim team at Pittsburgh University, I think. Uh, I think Somewhere in Pennsylvania. Penn. Penn. Yeah. Penn. Mm-hmm. Then took a year off and transitioned to mm-hmm. becoming female. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah now swims on the women's swim team at Penn. Penn, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, which is a story in of itself, but she is... Potentially breaking records. Sure. Of like Missy Franklin and who's that other great? Katie Ledecky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, I had wondered if this shifts your thoughts in any way. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, 
No. Um, so you new people come along and set records all the time. That's true. So it's not at all um, noteworthy to you that she has transitioned and is breaking the records. Well, those have been the rules of the. It seems to me, in like reading some about this story, that the the NCAA has had rules about transgender athletes, and like how it, it seems that the rules have been that as women transit as women transition to being men, mm-hmm. as soon as they start taking testosterone, mm-hmm. they have to start competing. Um, as soon as they do. As soon as they start. Okay. Um, and women. Or like men who transition to women have to um, take a year, and I think it's at this point it's so many months of being on like testosterone suppressing drugs. So yep. she did that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, there they might soon change the rule. Mm-hmm. To say like a, it's a, a certain level of testosterone or whatever, but I mean we talked about this at the Olympics. Like some women who were born as women um, naturally surpassed those levels of testosterone. Well, that's Castor. We always talk about Castor. Yes, Simonia. Um, but at the end of the day, when a person tells me that they're a woman, then to me it's like then you would compete in women's athletics. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. If if it's like women only compete in Yeah. in these places, that those are the places where a person would compete. So you as a feminist? Well, yeah, okay, sure. Woman, whatever, pick your label for Right, yeah. Um, don't at all feel that this impends on women's rights or um the yeah, it's fraught. Trying to be careful here. Right. Sure. Um, it's not at all a concern to you. As far as I'm concerned, Aaliyah Thomas is a woman. So, so where no. would she compete? Okay. If not in the women's leagues. So like you believe that so thoroughly that my questioning is like absurd. Like you don't even understand why I'm asking the question. Sure. I mean, like I do understand why you're asking the okay. question, but like I think that's that's gonna be my answer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to your credit, you've given you're consistent in your answer. You've given that answer, I think, before. So here's my new question then. Okay. If, and this is a hypothetical. Sure. If it came to be over the next 10 years. Sure. That most women's records were held by transgender female athletes. Sure. Let's say the majority. Okay. Would that change the way you felt? I don't think so. I think to be consistent in my view that it's like, no, I mean like. I think it's still the same answer, right? Like, those are women. Yeah. And so I hear the question. Like, I don't – I'm not so far from it that I'm like – Yeah. You know, sort of And like, I appreciate your answer because I think your answer is about the dignity of the individual is, like, the most important thing. Right. Um, I think – so let me and, – and I'm trying to avoid the turf wars is oh. what I'm calling them. Oh, gosh. That's funny. Um, get it? Yeah, I do. Thanks. Um, but – if you had a friend who was female uh-huh. and she was a competitive athlete. Sure. And she and she was born anatomically female. Yeah. And she was bummed about it. Yeah. Can you imagine how you would respond to her? If 
if she in particular came to me and wanted to have a conversation about how yeah she got like second place behind sure. a transgender athlete yeah. athlete um i mean and i know you would be you would express care for her that's not the question right i'm just i guess maybe my question is do you ever have any internal conflict like oh this is complicated of course okay of course um and even when i think about it on my own it's like that that is complicated and i'm sure that uh the women that lose feel complicated ways about it but whoever feels good about losing and no who, i know and i'm um i maybe shouldn't even be on the conversation table because i'm white male i just wonder um and and this is the thing with jk rowling right is it's sure. Well, um, I don't know what you're going to say yet, but... Well, it's like you're, you're pitting one marginalized group against another. Um, to, it's like women are marginalized to begin with. Sure. Um, I'm wondering, though, like, does... Is there... Could it be that you're asking an already marginalized group to accept further marginalization because of the complexity of the reality? Um... This is a place where I think it's like, I mean, I guess it depends on what you believe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel that way because I feel very like um, intensely that like people who identify as a gender should be identified by others as that gender. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you don't believe that, of course, my line of thinking like doesn't make any sense. So... Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm sure there are people out, I mean, obviously I know there are people out there who that's what they're saying. That's their whole argument. But like, it just doesn't hold for me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for answering the questions. Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I do think it's like, right. If I knew if I had a sister or a brother or, um, a very dear friend I know that's more complicated conversation but i would hope it wouldn't change what i believe do you know what i mean yeah and i think since the beginning of like sport you know there there have been people who have been trying to find ways to like overturn a loss do you know what i mean Uh and say like well this wasn't fair because of this reason and i think there's always tension about that right I mean, I think just even in, like, I think about the Cowboys and that Des Bryant catch that they were like, well, he didn't make a football move. So it actually, like, I think most Cowboys fans are like, that was, like, that was an unfair loss. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's a silly thing to be arguing about. But, like, it happens all the time that people find ways to argue about an unfair loss. Hmm. So I think it's just part of, like, being an athlete. Losing is part of being an athlete, you know, I think. You have to figure out how to deal with that. I also don't know. I played, like, high school volleyball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's different <laughs> than, like, being a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to beat a dead horse because sure. we also had this conversation before. Uh-huh. But we have had exchanges about just forget uh, transgender, just the separate Right. Treatment of male female athletes. Right. Like the NBA and the WNBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I made the argument like the, the fastest women's times in the world, the 100 meter dash, mm-hmm. wouldn't finish in the top 50 right. of the men's. Sure. Kind of like there's anatomical differences that equate into it sure. advantages. 
does the reality that the Olympic Committee has chemical requirements for qualification suggest to you in any way that there are perhaps insurmountable athletic differences between male and female? Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, I don't know, right? But we have talked about like how kind of like women's training, you know, women have worse resources. Mm -hmm. Women's training is often uh, sort of pushed towards the idea of having an appealing body type, not towards the idea of like being as strong as you can possibly be or as fast as you can possibly be. And so... um, you know, I think we are like just now, like I think men, uh, women didn't even used to compete at this level. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't used to get to compete in the Olympics. They didn't get, they didn't used to like have this opportunity to spend most of their time training to get ready for like one specific competition. And so I think the idea that, I mean, men are larger and um, generally faster, but like that's because they have hundreds of years of tra- or that could be because they have hundreds of years of like training specifically um, in a particular event. And I am interested to see when women have like um, the same access to training and uh, to uh, supplies like, um, you know, technology. technology and stuff like that. Um, eventually, what does that look like? Okay. So I so um I'm not I'm not like this is a lie, this is stupid, but I am kind of like not not compelled by it. It could be sense. in your mind in the future that all of this is superfluous. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Well, Taylor, <clears throat> that's all I had for this week. Do you have anything? Um I don't really think so. I've been focused on the other things okay. at my house, really. Well, Taylor. Yeah. Do you have a quiz for me this week? Um yes. Ah, I feel like you're going to be really good at it. Um <laughs> no. I feel like you're going to be um disappointed that it's not more rigorous. Yes. Okay, I did end up memorizing all the countries of the world, so if it's about that, I'll win. You did end up memorizing all the countries of the world? Yes. Um all of them? Mhm. Where were you last week? I was working. I had saved Africa for the last because there's 54. I feel like there's how many countries? 196. In the world. Yeah. And then 54 in Africa. Yeah. And this is tricky, right? Because there's some things that kind of show up as territories if you do just that region. Uh But when you do the global map, like French Guiana isn't really a country. It's part of France. So when you get France, it highlights that area too. But if you're just doing South America, you have to get French Guiana. Does that make sense? And yeah. There's about it. Like oh. Greenland is technically Denmark. Really? Yeah. And there's so many island nations that are just part of other na- or countries, so they don't make you find them on the map. Greenland is still part of Denmark. Yeah. Well, there's nobody in Greenland. Is you that can, true? Yeah. Look, you can have it. Sure. Let me, you want let me somebody else to have it? What are you going to do? Nothing. I no think, resources. I still think of Greenland all the time based on um, Leif Erikson. The Mighty Ducks, too. Oh, never been there. The Mighty Ducks, too? Never seen it. Are you being serious? Yeah. This is very upsetting to me. Maybe I did. What happens? Did you see the Mighty Ducks 1? Yeah. Gordon Bombay. Yeah. It's still Gordon Bombay. Actually, me and Kathleen watched all the Mighty Ducks movies a couple weekends ago. Okay. And 
very little sense. They make very little sense when you watch them as an adult, which I think is funny. Quack, 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 (laughs) Yes. But also, um, um, there's a woman from Iceland. She's like the Iceland assistant coach. Yeah. Also speak about, I guess, a very progressive hockey system where they just have girls on the team and nobody talks about it. Yeah, well. Um, uh, by the way, though, that's Iceland. That's what I said. Greenland is what we were talking about earlier. Okay, but you didn't let me finish talking. All right. Um, uh, so she's from Iceland. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I always thought Iceland was like full of ice. And she's like, Iceland? No, it's very green. And he's like, I thought Greenland was very green. And she's like, no, Iceland is very is." All very green, and Greenland is full of ice. Yeah, that's true. And I think about that every time I think about either. Well, allegedly, they named it that way to try and draw people to Greenland. Why? Because somebody was going to inhabit it or something. I don't know, but it didn't work. It's still just a piece of ice. Oh, they were, like, trying to get people to Wouldn't it be wild if global warming, like, Greenland, or ice, yeah, Greenland became green and, like, the only inhabitable place? That would be wild. The and irony. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. It is a big chunk of land. I don't. I yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I feel like Africa always has so many countries. When you were talking about Africa earlier, yeah, fifty-four. Yeah, that's like a lot. A quarter of the world. Yeah, more. Quarter of the countries. By in a the percentage, world. I mean five of those are tiny, tiny islands. Yeah. Do you remember that West Wing episode? Yeah, about the map. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. That's what made me think about Greenland because it's deceptively large, larger than it's portrayed. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Hold on, let me pull it up. Um, but Greenland isn't even a country. Nope, it's part of Denmark. Okay, I just looked up f- for you a countries of the world quiz. All right. Let's see how good you can do. Let, me, s- let me see. Oh, it just says. No, this isn't a good one. It's one of those where you have to fill it out. Yeah, that I would crush. Yeah, you'd be You can describe to me the region, and I'll tell you what the country is. But it's like you're going to name every country in the world? No, you just say it's a country in the northern part of Africa and the central part. And I'd say Libya, Algeria, Tunisia. (gasps) And you would say... In the northern part? Middle, yeah. Oh, the middle part. Next. Okay, countries of Africa quiz. Okay, this is about the history of each country. I'm not going to get this. No. But it was about the geography. What does it want me to do even? This isn't a good quiz. All right. I'm going to hit pause while you find the quiz. Thank you. And we're back. We're back. Um, okay. I found a quiz. It's not exactly just like listing countries. So. Which of these is the largest landlocked country in the world? Hmm. Landlocked country? Yeah, there are some options if is, you would like them. Is Kazakhstan one of them? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's got to be yeah. in the top three. Oh, no. I clicked on the wrong thing. Kazakhstan, maybe Mongolia? Mongolia is not an option. Okay, then I'm going to say Kazakhstan over that. You're going to go with Kazakhstan. Okay, start the quiz. Kazakhstan. Yes. Kazakhstan's Kazakhstan's correct. What country has the largest Muslim population? Oh, I don't know. Iraq, Indonesia, Nigeria, Libya. Indonesia. The quiz has already decided it's too late for you to answer. What European countries divided into departments? 
Germany, France, Switzerland, Sweden. Uh, Germany. Just click an answer right away so that we can see. Oh, okay. You know, and then I'll get it right or wrong. It was France. Yeah, Department of what? Which of these countries is said to be shaped like an elephant's head? Australia, France, Thailand, Zaire. Okay, click an answer. Okay. Australia, which one? France, Thailand, and Zaire. Um, Zaire? Um, Thailand. Eh, I don't agree with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. In what country might one hear the song Waltzing Matilda frequently played? Is that Russia? Congo, Por Paraguay, Australia, or Brazil? Oh. Paraguay. Australia. Okay. I, f I feel like you're not liking this quiz. Well, I'm not being successful. I only like looking good. I know. What's the name of the long, narrow country on South America's Pacific coast? That would be Chile. Yes, you're right. Which of these countries is considered the world's oldest republic? Ireland, Andorra. Where's Andorra? Andorra is southwest Africa. Oh. Wait, no, no, no. That's Angola. Andorra is on the itty-bitty bottom of France. Oh. Yeah. Um, Monaco or San Marino? I don't know. Those are all similar. They're very small specks in the European, Western European map. I'm going to say Andorra. Oh, it's um, San Marino. San Marino. Where's San Marino? San Marino is on the east side of Italy area. Oh. On the sea, whatever that is, a G in or whatever. Yeah. Or interesting. To whatever it's sort of T. I think that part of the world is interesting. Um, what is the world's smallest... Fully independent nation. Is it Luxembourg or Liechtenstein? <laughs> no. It is. If you thought about it, I think you would know. It's uh, Vatican City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is also very similar, though, right? Like, Luxembourg mm -hmm. is like a city, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What country participated at the um, Olympic Games in 1924 for the first time and won the gold medal in soccer? Ooh. Croatia, Uruguay, Israel, or Liberia? Uruguay. Yeah. Okay. What country was called the Pearl of Africa by Sir Winston Churchill? Mm, was it the Congo? Mauritius, Uganda, Mozambique, or the Netherlands? What? Um... I'm going to go with Mozambique. Okay. It was Uganda. Oh. That makes sense geographically. Yeah. It's in the middle. Which country in Eastern Europe was formerly known as White Russia? Moldova, Belarus, North Macedonia, or St. Lucia? St. Lucia is not even there. <laughs> That's in the Caribbean. Yeah. I'm going to say um, Bulgaria. Belarus? I mean Belarus, yeah. Yeah, that's the right one. Belarus, Belarus. Okay. Four more questions. Which country did the communist movement Khmer Rouge rule? The Maldives, Sudan, Bulgaria, or Cambodia? Cambodia. Yeah. Three more. That's oh. why we went to Vietnam. Two more. 
In which country are the Aflage, an ancient system of water channels that have been designated a UNESCO World Heritage, Heritage Site Foundation? I don't know. Italy. Angola, <laughs> Kuwait, Oman, or Jordan? What? Why did it take me so long to read Jordan. that? Jordan. No, it's Oman. Oman. I do think, like, that whole area is very interesting. Okay. Which country was formerly known as French Somaliland and the French territory of the Afars and Isaz? Is this uh, Djibouti? Yeah. Wow. How do you know that? Because it's right above it. Um, Malta was also an option. Though some of these countries only made know them is they've been on the Amazing Race. Um, Botswana and Mauritania, which I've never heard of because it hasn't been on the Amazing Race. Western side of Africa. That's amazing. Next to Mali. Okay, last question. Yes, for the win. Which African country is known as the Land of a Thousand Hills? Mali, the Czech Republic, Georgia, or Rwanda? Well, it's either Rwanda or Mali. I'm going to say Rwanda because where it is. Yeah, it's Rwanda. Yeah. Look, you won it. I won. Well, thanks for that. I love geography. Yeah. Okay, well, Taylor, guess what time it is? Time for a quiz. No, oh. time for our sponsor. A time for a word from Come our sponsors. sponsor. Well, Taylor. Yeah. Say you had an animal, a pet. I do. And you had some kind of emergency, like a bladder infection. Yeah. Where would you take your pet? I would take my pet to Hewitt Veterinary Hospital. Well, we can't recommend the care that your pet will receive at hewitt veterinary clinic enough enough from iguanas to horses to cats to dogs to chipmunks to penguins Mm -hmm. they do it all yeah leading cut tech leading cutting edge technology to care for your agricultural needs Mm -hmm. including livestock and other kind of animals you'd find on a farm Mm -hmm. all the way up to that little guinea pig you got for jojo for his birthday last year Mm -hmm. the hewitt veterinary clinic has all kinds of solutions for your pets health needs and they do great work so that ever expanding location and qualified staff of certified doctors in the state of texas and globally why don't you give them a call at 254-666-5050 to make an appointment or you can uh, make an appointment through petdesk.com either way they're eager to see your animal your animal's eager to get the best kind of health care the system could ever provide yes and that all can happen for you at the hewitt veterinary hospital yeah they're great. And we're back. We're back. Should we record now or should we stop? Um, what do you think? Well, let's just go for it. Okay, great. Well, Taylor. Joshua. I have a conversation I want to have with you. Good. Let's have so it. So there's, um, I, I see streams of thought pour at me at, at one spot. Or at one, like they all culminate. Yeah. And the one I'm thinking about this week is what I'm calling the necessary violence of the kingdom. Right. Which some people are just really going to get uncomfortable fast because it's yeah. very important people maintain that the kingdom was nonviolent. I agree. It does not use violence to win. But at some point, um, resistance of some sort, some kind of offensive, no, some kind of, um, yeah, resistance for that. It needs to be put up. So yeah. the conundrum is, um, do you use resistance to protect marginalized? Um, right. So let me let me frame it. Um, when the London subway bombing happened, you mm-hmm. remember that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, Bono from U2 mm-hmm. was doing a show the um, the uh, like the next night, and he referenced mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And he said, and they were playing one the song, mm-hmm. and his line was um, something like, "Let us not become a monster in order to feed a monster." Mm-hmm. But like this is the tension, right? Sure. So um, I'll I'll pause there and see if you have more questions or any questions. Um. Uh, what do you What do you mean by questions? Like, do I disagree with you so no, far? No, are you tracking or? with the sentiment? Um. Yeah, I think so. I'm tracking with you. Um, another way to say this would be. Um. In his book, The Secret Message of Jesus, Brian McLaren is talking about how the kingdom is inclusive. Uh-huh. But he says this. This is the most salient way I've ever heard it put. We must insist on drawing boundaries to keep out those who insist on drawing boundaries to keep out those. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I think this is the, the theological tension I find. Okay? Yeah. I th- Well, I think this speaks to some of what I was thinking through earlier. Or about, about like... In your answers about Leah Thomas? Um, yeah, and just like being angry or creating boundaries. Oh, okay. And so. Yeah. Um, but like to take it all the way to the most meta thing, mm-hmm. like I always want to say to my left-leaning theological friends mm-hmm. who are universalists, True. a position I'm amenable to, but I think is theologically complicated is if there is a heaven that includes us being sentient beings in each other's presence and having an awareness mm-hmm. of our histories, mm-hmm. which presumably that would make sense or else our whole memory would be a loss. And why did we have this life? Right. Sure. Um, if that's the case, then um, how do you not have some exclusion? Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Sure. I mean, like you, like Hitler or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and are you posing that question to me right now? Sure. Are you universalist? Um, you know, what a tough question. <laughs> Haven't thought about it or cared about it in a long time. <laughs> uh, well, I just, well, I mostly just think like, you know, we talked in staff meeting a lot re- a couple weeks ago just about like narratives and like this is the narrative that I've chosen. Mm-hmm. The, We're talking about the narrative of Christ. Yeah. And, um, so I think in my, you know, deepest, deepest, deepest self, I would like to answer yes. I think I feel pretty comfortable with the idea that like, I, I don't understand what's going to come after this life. You know what I mean? That I don't, that like if I sat down and read all the books and had all the opinions, um, and knew what everybody had said throughout history, Mm -hmm. there would still be a part of me that's like, yeah, but how could I really know? You've never been there. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I feel pretty comfortable living in the grayness of, like, I have some ideas about what, like, what I think reunification with God looks like, but I also don't, I have no clue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then your question was, like, how, like, sort of, sort of, like, how do we keep heaven as a place where, like, um, you know, Jews killed in the Holocaust aren't just bumping into Hitler on the side of the street. Or, I mean, not that that's what heaven's like, but that's what you mean, right? As sentient beings, we're not like, 
we're not interacting with people who um like oppressed uh -huh. us that's the question kind of yeah yeah um i do think of course um that heaven is a place on earth <laughs> Ooh, baby i do think that heaven um Right, so reunification with God um, in whatever form it looks like, I think also um, involves becoming sort of like a um, live, sort of like a place where we've learned all the lessons and we're living out all the ideals of Christianity and loving each other and um, treating each other well. Um, and... And I think that in that case, it's like we have probably learned to forgive each other well mm -hmm. as well. Do you know what I mean? But I, I also hear your question and like would want that to be kind of the case for people. Do you know what I mean? That they're, that they're not um, living in a way that feels oppressive or... But I think I have to believe that that is what happens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And maybe do we not remember what happened? Like m certain things or I don't know the answer. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, um, I think, too, I've because it can cut both ways. I've also had. So forget the universalist. I've mm -hmm. also had theological conversation with my pacifist friends and say, OK, like you're a pacifist. But, like, ultimately, these people are going to experience violence at some point. Yeah. Like, and so, again, this is very metaphysical, but, like, C.S. Lewis talks about finality comes at some point. Right. Right? God says no at some point. Sure. And that is, like, a way worse experience of violence than, like, any physical violence, okay? Right. So, um, I just don't think we are honest about that and reckon with that theologically. Yeah. On either side very well. Because right. I think it makes us uncomfortable. Right. I do think, um, to your point about, like, marginalized or oppressed people mm -hmm. and, like, do we use violence on their behalf? To protect them. I think one of the things we're learning, right, as a society and as humans is that, like, or I don't know about humans, but sort of as societally, um, is that we shouldn't be standing in front of those people, right? We should be standing with those people. And so, and seeing like, what is their choice in this moment? Is that a metaphor? No. What do you mean? Standing in front of us. Well, like an oppressed or a marginalized group of people. We have those, we don't have to think about how we interact with those people. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess in your question, it's like a metaphor because that's what you're talking about. But like, um, or that, because that is a metaphor. I mean... I think. Are you speaking metaphorically? Or are you actually saying, like, if someone stormed into your house, do you pick up a baseball bat or something? Well, to... I think all of the above. I mean, your point is a good one. I think that's uh, at least the right answer. But even that answer assumes some sort of civility, right? Like um, like that the, the system is such that there can be a standing with and that that can be a form of resistance that will elicit a response there's situations where it's like okay you stand however you want we're just gonna mow you all down 
know what I mean? Sure. Sure, but the problem, the, I think the, but the thing to be done, so it's like for the other person saying you stand wherever you want, we're going to mow you all down is not what I'm concerned with. Yeah. What I'm concerned with is like, where was I standing at the end? Do you know what I mean? So, but ultimately your answer is one of pacifism. It's like, I'm well, not going to sure. use violence. I'm going to join them in nonviolence. Well, I don't know. What if the oppressed people say like, yeah, we're going to employ violence here. Okay. Then maybe, I, then that is the person whose lead I am taking. Okay. You know what I mean? So no matter what their response is, your, your response is not derived out of your own moral conviction. It's derived out of what they want your response to be. Of who... Yes, of who is leading in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And what so, if, what if it turns out a year later you think their response is wrong? Yeah, I think that's a fair question, right? Um, I mean, what if I ever do a wrong thing? You know, yeah. I repent for it. I confess okay. it. I say. I maybe tell them that I made, I'm, I probably don't say to like the person I was standing with, I think that was wrong. But if that seems appropriate, I do that. I show myself grace. I accept the grace I think that God extends to all of us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I, I think, I, and I think there might be moments where, right? Like if they were like, if the oppressed people group was like, we're going to end we're going to sort of engage in violence that maybe I say like, okay, I, I will stand by you. I will not get in your way. I will not. It's part of my practice that I don't engage in violence, but sure. Maybe that's one of the things I say, you know what I mean? Hmm. So, okay. I don't know. It all feels so abstract, not abstract. Cause like, I know these are things that happen in the world, but it doesn't seem, um, it's hard to imagine myself in a moment like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, and one of my prompts, and I'll, I don't think she'd mind me naming her, is Kelly Hart posted today mm-hmm. about how do you avoid demonizing the people that you think have demonized others? Yeah. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also what we know about people, right, is that like a lot of trauma is what induces some of these things um i do think it's important to think of them as like real people while also not letting that stop you from like um calling out the oppression that they're sort of handing out do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think that's a hard place to be in the middle of yeah Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Because a lot of times, once you see something, it's hard to not see it. And it's hard to not see it, like, everywhere, you know? Yes. So, I think that's a hard thing. Um, and I think those are questions we just, like, keep asking ourselves. Is, like, how am I loving people? How am I treating people? How am I calling out, calling into the world justice and creating a more just and like healthy planet that brings forth the kingdom of God? Okay, let me ask you a different question. 
Okay. If you weren't a Christian and you knew there was no God, would you have a different strategy? I think so. Would you be okay with a little bit of violence? Yeah. I'd murder everyone if I weren't a Christian. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. I do think that's a piece of me that, like, I mean, I think that's real. Um, I mean, w- would I have the means to kill everyone who was against me? No, of course not. Would I actually go do that? Probably not. Do I have a very strong and real current of anger inside of me that I don't feel like is definitely is like experienced by other people in their experience of me? Yes, I do. Hmm. So. Yeah, I think it's hard to think of myself that way, right? Because it's like I've been formed for my whole life into the story of Christ. So, um, I think I'm a much more logical person, though, than like, like, I think it would be way more obvious to me as a person that like violence is the way to get your way. I mean, it is obvious to me still. Do you know what I mean? Right. That that's an easy way to make sure that you get the outcome you want is to be violent. Yeah. So. So, right. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. There's still things. I keep thinking about the Eternals. Yeah. <gasps> um. Also, I did look it up. They do all have, like, godlike names. Okay. And it, it, his name, Rob Stark's name, is Sisyphus. Sisyphus, that was it. Yeah. And he does. Um, spoiler warning for the Eternals. But he does fly into the... No, he's... No, sorry. I'm reading another book about Sisyphus. His name is Icarus, and he does Icarus. fly into the sun at the end. That's right. Icarus. Yeah. Sorry, not Sisyphus. Yeah. So... I'm just still so fascinated by it. But I see way more of the criticism. I listened to a podcast about it. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll have to anyway, sorry. That was a quick... Yeah. Uh, we can come back to the original conversation. Why? What What are your thoughts about violence and its necessity or not? Well, I really resonated with what you said when If There Was No God. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of anger that doesn't surface because of the way I'm tempered by my convictions. Yeah. Um, I do think there's some like just general human wisdom mm-hmm. in Christian faith that could also be abided by and appreciated. Um, even if there was no God, like giving is better than receiving. Like right. if you've experienced that joy of being able to give somebody something meaningful, mm-hmm. I do think that just is kind of a metaphysical truth. Yeah. And I think there are some truths about that that have to do nonviolence too. Yeah. Like I don't think, Violence may win you something, but it's going to be temporary. Right. Right? It doesn't resolve anything. Right. Right? There's just always more hurt somewhere else. Um, Right. I mean, oppressors create their own, like, rebellions. Yeah. So there's there's that complexity. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just weird because, you know, I always struggled with just war theory. Is there an occasion when you actually go to war? I like most of the people 
mm-hmm. except for Dr. King, which is one of the reasons why him and Gandhi mm-hmm. and Nelson Mandela were so compelling. Is like they write about this from you know to use the word the ivory tower. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell do you know about pacifism? Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great that you see this in your office from the comfort of your air conditioner. Yeah. But like until you live in it, I don't care what you think about it. I also say about pacifism, I don't actually know. I don't know how anybody could answer that question unless you were in a violent situation. Yeah. You just don't know what you would do. I do think this is one of the struggles of academia for me. Like this was always a struggle in seminary. Kathleen said a professor in a TNT class said like to her like she was like, and what about like how this applies in our lives? And the answer was like, oh, no, that's not what we're talking about. Hmm. Like, we're just talking about the, th- the theories. And I think me and Kathleen are both very similar in that she definitely felt, and it's how I would feel as well, like, I'm truly not interested in the theories. Hmm. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in them, yeah. but only in the way that they apply well, to Well, I think life. what's interesting, too, is I suspect that most of the theories came out of sociological need within the Christian community. Right. Right. Like there was a clear need for Trinity. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, this feels like a good idea. For like live for like lived from right. they come from lived experience. Yeah. Right. And so, um now some of those those needs might be obscure, but it's still they didn't come out of vacuums, right? Right. Well and they were contextual mm-hmm. in a way that they might not seem anymore. Right. That's true. That's the other um right, certainly as we're like writing creeds and defining Trinity and stuff like that, I mean that's just coming out of like probably the struggle of like the first, second, third century church like struggling to define, interpret what Scripture meant. Yes. So that's very contextual at that point, but right. Um, but I guess that's a little off the beaten path. The original question was about the actual necessity of violence. Oh, right. Sure. And I think my answer to that is, um, maybe not eschatologically, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think that's the Christian vision is that this will all be taken care of. Yeah. But, um, there's sure a hell of a lot of pain before we get there. Um, and it's just for all the reasons I already raised, I just don't think Christians are actually honest about this question one way or another. I think we all depend on violence at some point, even if it's God who's the instrument of it. And um, that trickles down to in what sense. Because, you know, John the Baptist, you brood of vipers. That's a form of violence. It's a violent name call. To call someone. Right? Um, Jesus always gets cited for turning the tables. Um, Or the Syrophoenician woman. Yeah. Like, how how do you hold those moments? And do we employ that kind of strategy ever? Right. And caring for people, in the name of caring for people. Right. Right? Like, this is eight energy that they get too pretty intuitively and often very inspiringly. Yeah. Right, to care for people. Yeah. Um, I just wonder how it squares the larger message of nonviolence or redemption. Sure. What an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I don't know. Being human is complex. Yes. I do think your answers were all very honest and like, well, this, and if then this, and this, and I'll repent, and I'll try. And I think that's probably the best we can do. Yeah. Um, well, that's how it feels to me. It's like, I guess this is the best that I can do, that I know to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that is really just like what I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is just like, uh 
what is it? Frozen 2. Mm. Anna sings a song and it's like, make just make the next right choice. Yeah. And I always feel like that was very... That there's some wisdom there, you know. Well, and I think that's um, why we have pneumatology, right? We are spirit-led people. Yeah. We um we aren't given scripts; we're given frameworks. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we actually have to wrap it up because we have a meeting here in a few minutes. We do. So, listener, what do you think? Yeah, I would love to hear from Send you. Send us guys. a little note this week in our Instagram post. Let us know. What do you think about the necessity of violence in the kingdom? Our resistance, yeah. if you want to call it that. And we eagerly look yeah. forward to your response. So, as they say, in the I was trying to make this up on the fly. Okay. I don't have anything. I need a word with the word by in it. The word by? Yeah. Um. Bicycle. A word with, oh, a word with the sound by in oh, it. Oh, you know what the um, the Norwegian cross-country skiers with firearms and say, it's <laughs> time for the biathlon. <laughs> wow.